they gonna set the people free But the power falls when you catch us on the knees Oh, not heaven, please We're in a state of emergency Cause we need a strong God, yeah We need the real God The God with the resurrection power from the grave To take away the hate To heal the human race So we need a You're listening to KAYT 88.1 FM, Gina Alexandria, 98.9 FM, Monroe, West Monroe, 92.5 FM, Shreveport, Greenwood, 100.1 FM, Lake Charles, and KQJO, 99.3 FM, St. Joseph, Louisiana, Natchez, Mississippi. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is the Restoring Faith broadcast, and I am Dr. Christopher Manuel, pastor of the Smyrna, Maranatha, and Natchitoches First Seventh-day Adventist Churches here in Alexandria and Natchitoches, Louisiana. We desire to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to a dying world in the final moments of Earth's history. And now, today's broadcast. ...of the scripture this morning, coming from 1 John 2, verse 7 through 11. 1 John 2 verse 7 through 11. It's good to hear those pages turning. Amen. Amen. If you have electronic device, that's good as well. 1 John 2, verse 7 through 11. If you have it and you know it, say, I got the word. I got the word. All right. I'm going to be reading to you from the Passion Translation. Yo, those of you who have a, a cell phone or, or a tablet, they have a translation on there called the Passion Translation. But you can read along because it's going to pretty much say the same thing. 1 John 2, verse 7 through 11, and it reads, Beloved, I'm not writing a new commandment to you, but an old one that you have from the beginning and you've already heard it. Yet, in a sense, it is a new commandment as its truth is made manifest both in Christ and in you because the darkness is disappearing and the true light is already blazing. Anyone who says I am in the light while holding hatred in his heart toward a fellow believer is still in darkness. But the one who truly loves a fellow believer lives in the light and there is nothing in him that will cause someone else to stumble. But whoever hates a fellow believer lives in the darkness, stumbling around in the dark with no clue where he is going, for he is blinded by the darkness. I would like to talk to you upon the subject, truly knowing Jesus. Truly knowing Jesus. You may be seated. Truly knowing Jesus. It's a serious but yet desperate place to be in if you don't know your true identity. A feeble old apostle pens a pastoral epistle to the little children in Ephesus between 95 and 110 AD. 
He's the last of his crew that followed Jesus, and now he writes to refute the destructive teachings of the false teachers of his day by stressing the reality of a mere profession of God versus the practices of holiness in Christ. John wanted his readers to have assurance of the indwelling God through their abiding relationship with him, and you'll find that in chapter 2, verse 28, and chapter 5 and verse 13 as references. However, belief in Christ should be manifested in the practice of righteousness and love for the brethren, where in turn it produces joy and confidence before God. Can I give you an explanation on what that means? When we practice right doing, because that's what righteousness is, when we practice right doing, it to the brethren, not just for ourselves. And the brethren are whomever sits next to you or behind you. Amen. The folk who live next door to you. The person who's taking up space in the line at Walmart. And you got somewhere to go, but you can't go fast enough because they got so many items in their basket. I wish I had a witness this morning. So the brethren, you don't know how God is going to fashion it so that you have to come in contact with other of God's people. Are you with me today? Amen. So the practice of righteousness is what we should be doing anyhow because we are in love relationship with the Lord. Are we on the same page together? So that in turn produces joy and confidence before God. So now we have the Bible teaches that we have the boldness to stand before him. Amen. You don't have to be scared when you're going to apply for a job. Amen. You don't have to be scared to go ask the magistrate of the city for something. You know why? Because of whose child you are. Amen. He said we can ask him for anything. According to his will, and he'll do whatever about it, he'll give it to us. Isn't that what the word says? However, here one would have to go back to the conversation in which Jesus had with the disciples when he proposed a different but yet pertinent view of himself to the rest of the disciples. Go with me to John 13, verse 34 to 35. You want to keep your hand in 1 John 2, though. But this is the relationship that he has, and he's trying to propose to the rest of the disciples because Brother Michael Mitchell, they probably missed the message. And he has to go back. Sometimes, every now and then, God has to go back and remind us to certain scriptures on where we've fallen short. And I love a graceful God like that. Somebody ought to say amen. He don't mind taking you back to some places where you missed something. And this is what he says, John 13, verses 34 to 35. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Here it comes. By this, what is the this that Jesus was talking about? The love. By this, all will know that you are my what, everybody? My disciples, if you have love for one another, not toleration, not like, not strong affection, but real love. Years later, John mimics the very thinking of this frame of reference and gives to the believers of his day the same message of his master when he says in 1 John 2 and verse 8, the first word there in verse 8 is again. That's what it says, 1 John 2, 8. He says again, a new commandment. You see that in your Bible? 
He says again. Now, why would he say again? Because it has been said before. It's just like when we read the fourth commandment from Exodus 20, verse 8 through 11, when God says, remember, because he has what? Said it before. John here takes the same spill from Jesus, and he says in verse 8 of 1 John 2, he says, again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true, watch this, in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. I'm sure that some of us would contemplate as the disciples of Jesus did about this new commandment. It wasn't hard to recognize. No one had a problem with it. It wasn't one that would cause chaos or conjure up commotion or perhaps start some type of confusion. Uh -uh. But this commandment is the one that causes nations to cease from fighting. Are you with me today? It causes friendships to emerge. It causes families to grow bigger sisters to forgive, and brothers to absolve differences. That's what love does. See, that was John because he's John the beloved. That's what love does. He starts off saying in verse 7 of 1 John 2, and I'm paraphrasing. He's saying this. I'm talking to you about something that you've already heard, something you've already seen, and somebody you've already experienced. So you have heard this before. This is nothing new to you. Are you listening, Seventh-day Adventists? See, this love situation, thank you, Jesus, this love situation shouldn't be nothing new to us because any time that somebody new comes into the family, it's just a brand-new love relationship. And we have to work on loving one another that may be challenging to love. I didn't say tolerating. I'm telling you what the Holy Ghost is saying. We don't live a life of toleration. God gave his son that we would fall in love with one another. Falling in love. <laughs> Do you know that you cannot fall in love with Jesus? You have to grow into a love relationship with him. Because when he first came to us, you remember when you first got married? You didn't want to talk to the knucklehead joker. He was trying to talk slick to you. <laughs> you remember how the relationship was when you're dating? Trying to talk slick to you, trying to see what you like and what you didn't like. Jesus just wanted to like you long enough. Watch this. I know I'm going to say it improper because you're going to have something to say. He wanted to like you long enough so you would understand the love that he has for you. Because you're going to only see what you're going to see. But what his motto, what his mantra is, is to love you unconditionally. But we render back to him a like response. Mm, mm, mm. Verse 8 of our text in 1 John 2, he says, it's in him and in you because the darkness is what passing away and the true light is already shining. This is a key indicator to suggest the time John lived in. Some folk must have allowed darkness to have grounds in their relationships. John plainly stated in, in St. John chapter 1 and verse 5, he says, In him, which meaning Jesus, is the light of life, and the life was the light of men. In all in Jesus, ain't nothing but light. You cannot get darkness out of Jesus because nothing dark dwells in him. 
Somehow or another, this darkness passing away was an issue during John's time. And the darkness John spoke of in the text had nothing to do with the absence of light. This matter in question about darkness is summed up in what I call deplorable morals. Deplorable morals, in case you're taking notes. Christians, this is going to be hard to say to us, Lord have mercy. Christians who claim the name of Jesus and talk of him as their Savior and Lord should not hold grudges, be bitter, and gossip about their issues against one another with those who claim to know him as well. Christians should not hold grudges. You should not be blaming somebody about something that happened 15, 16, 17 years ago because you're holding something that God didn't give you. Lord, help us today. The darkness is the ignorance, voluntary or otherwise, that prevents men and women from seeing the true nature of God's word. This deplorable moral is a spiritual issue in the church today. And this darkness in which John is categorizing is one of the 21st century's dilemma. In other words, this is what we're dealing with today in 2020. Somehow or another, some stuff has taken hold of us and has crept in in 2020. Lord, we're going to need some help with this one here. Lord, we're going to need it. This is what we need to start asking God for. That's those cards you put in that box. God, we need a U-Haul. Because I've told some things over <laughs> that came in with me in 2020. Amen. If we would be real honest with God, we, we brought a whole bunch of stuff. Like my big sister said, a whole bunch. <laughs> we brought a whole bunch of stuff in. And guess what? We've cloaked it over with new clothes, new vehicle, new place to stay. New boo, new coo, new marriage, whatever we, whatever we renewed it with, it came. And we covered it up well on Sabbath. And nobody else sees it but God. But guess what? It's starting to take toll. And it's only, what, two weeks into the new year. Help us, Lord. For the sake of time, one issue in particular with this text is the explanation of hatred against one another. Not black on black, not white on white, uh-uh. not black on white, nor white on black. It's Christian on You've been listening to the Restoring Faith broadcast with yours truly, Dr. Christopher Manuel. You are invited to join me at the Smyrna Seventh-day Adventist Church every first and second Saturday for divine worship service at 11 a.m. and Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. located at 916 Richmond Drive in Alexandria, Louisiana. And on the third and fourth Saturday for divine worship service at 10 a.m. and Tuesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. 